0: Thank you for joining us this morning in worship at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. My name is Patrick, and I have the privilege of being on staff here at Pulaski Heights. We would love to connect with you. If you would, please fill out our digital connect card. You can do that by scanning the QR code you see on the screen in front of you, by scanning the QR code on the back of the bulletin, or by visiting phumc.com forward slash connect. You'll find a lot of information on our website about the ministries that we offer here at Pulaski Heights and how we can be in ministry with you. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and keep up with the daily life of our church here at Pulaski Heights. Thank you again for joining us this morning. I hope you enjoy worship.
1: Good morning, friends. We're so glad that you're here today. Let us stand together and let's worship God this morning. Welcome you God Fill this place again with your song Flood our thoughts with wonder and awe Give us a great glimpse of the never changing God all we want and all we need Is found
0: in you, found in you Jesus, every victory Is found in you, found in you Open wide Our hearts now to your
1: down to Your love, and we would see like never before. Give us a great glimpse of a never-changing God.
0: Sing it out.
1: to all we.
0: just saying in your presence there is freedom in your presence we are made whole and we ask that your presence fills this space today come holy spirit we're desperate for you it's in your name we pray who am i that the highest king would welcome me? i was lost but he brought me he knew his love for me who is His love for sing it out. Oh, the Son is free. Oh, He's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Free at last. Free at last. She has ransomed me. His grace runs. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died. you welcome them to church this morning.
2: Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Y'all and grab a seat. It is such a joy to be with you in worship today. My name is Kathleen McMurray. I am one of the pastors on staff here and I'm so thankful to see everybody who's joining with us in person as well as those worshiping with us online. We're so glad that you're a part of our community this morning as well. You may have noticed as you came in person or if you're worshiping with us online, you may have noticed too that there's a little bit different signage and a little bit different wordage out there. We're in the process of, um, com- of of renaming and reclaiming our worship services here at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. And so, rather than calling our worship services traditional and contemporary, we're going to be calling them classic and modern. And this is for a number of reasons. Uh, the first of one being all of our worship is based on the traditions of our church, and all of our worship is contemporary, and that it is happening. In the present, it is happening right now. And so by naming our services classic, that is something that never goes out of style, something that is continually meaningful across generations, and then modern, um, which is that which is uh, new and new life-giving ways, uh, the service here today. And so we're renaming these services, but we know that they will continue to be meaningful and we hope that they will continue to be meaningful uh, to each and every person, all of you that are gathering with us. We know that we need worship as we come each week, that in our lives, things are busy and hectic. In our lives, things are sad. In our lives, we bear lots of struggles and difficulties. But we know that as we come into worship, as we come into the presence of God and in the presence of one another, that those burdens that we have are lightened because we do not bear them alone. That is the beauty of Christian community. And so today, we're going to have a time of prayer. And in this time of prayer, I'm going to have a time where we're going to lift up some prayers of our community. And I'm going to invite you to lift up the prayers that you have. Because no matter where we are on our faith journeys, no matter what God is doing in our lives, no matter what we may be experiencing when we come into this place, God meets us exactly where we are. And God welcomes us, and we meet each other where we are too. So that in this time of worship, those struggles that we have can be lessened, and those celebrations that we have can be multiplied. Let us turn to God in an attitude of prayer. God, in this time of worship today, we come to you in many different places in our faith. We come to you in many different places in our lives. And we invite your spirit to be with us in this time knowing that you meet us exactly where we are. God as we come into this time today, we pray for the family of those families of those who have died that are struggling with grief that seems to be so overwhelming the families of Ryan Dale Duckworth and Ray Oxford. God, we, we pray that you will just send your Holy Spirit on their families and for all those families that are grieving at this time. We also pray, God, for those who are sick, those who are in need of healing and wholeness and care. We pray especially for Rebecca Bogan and for Bill Huey, but God, we also pray for all of those that we know that are sick and struggling at this time. God, we lift up those prayers, those prayers for the struggling and the grieving, those prayers that represent the struggles on our hearts, we lift those before you now in this time. God, we also know that not only do you meet us in our struggles, but you meet us in our joys. And God, we bring joys today to you, joys of worship, joys of new life, joys of new beginnings with a new school year, and we bring before you joys of people that find home and connection in your church. We pray today especially for Patsy Reed, who has found a new home as a member of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, and God, we also bring our joys before you now in this time. God, there is so much to give thanks for, but there is also so much that we still struggle with. In this time of worship, we pray that as we look at the world around us, that we can not only see the difficult situations, we can not only pray for the hurt and the violence and the anger and the turmoil to end, but that God, we can look where you are sending your spirit among the people to offer help and that we can latch on and be a part of the helping, that we can be a part of your healing, that we can be a part of your wholeness, and that we who seek you will find our place to serve as members of your body, as your children for your kingdom. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom power, and the glory
0: forever.
1: Amen. As we move into a time of offering, we remember and we give thanks for our partnership with Wakefield Elementary. And today, uh, our gifts through Give a Kid a Chance will help provide school supplies, backpacks, and uniforms for all the students at Wakefield. And it's because you give that you help make an impact on these families' lives and these students' lives. You help set them up for success. You know, you can find ways to give on the back of your bulletins or on your screens if you're worshiping with us online. So as our ushers come forward, let us pray together. Gracious and loving God, you have called us to give to the needs at Wakefield Elementary and extend hospitality to those that we may not know. God, use these gifts. May they be a blessing to many in your name. a grace when the heart is under fire, another way when the walls are closing in, and when I look in the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone, there was another in the fire. Sitting next to me, there was another in the waters, holding back the seas, should I ever need reminding, of how I've been set free, there is a cross that bears the burden, when another died for me, there is another in the fire. Let's stand together. On my death effort beneath the walls I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore. Should I fall in the space between? What remains of me and this reckoning? Either way, I will bow to the things of this world.
0: And I know I will never be alone. There
1: is another in the fight. between all the things and things and this reckoning i know i will never be alone
2: place, friends, and as we prepare to receive God's word for us this day, it comes from the gospel of Luke, and we've we've read a number of Luke's gospels uh, throughout the year, and today we are reading from Luke's gospel the story of Zacchaeus. It might be a very familiar story to a lot of us, but... The good news of the gospel is that God's spirit can move and teach us new things no matter how many times we've read a story. So I invite you uh, to join with me in reading and hearing and receiving these words of scripture today. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. May God add blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of this portion of God's holy word. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated and let us turn to God in an attitude of prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I am and have always been short. Today that manifests in wearing platform shoes or heels or in case of the pulpit in our chapel getting a box to stand on so that I can be seen over that huge pulpit. I have always been short and today it manifests in certain ways but as I was little, when I was little, it manifested in a lot of bullying in a lot of being made fun of. And I remember thinking about how that bullying affected me, how being short and being told that that was a deficiency prevented me from living more confidently and living as the person that I should have been living as. I was always made fun of for being short and called names in school and in dance. I didn't have the right body. I didn't have all of these things that you're supposed to have as a kid. Well, when I was in fourth grade, when I was nine years old, I auditioned for a play at the Arkansas Arts and Children's Theater of Ramona Quimby. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Beverly Cleary books, but this was a play based on that book series by Beverly Cleary. And in the play, Ramona was supposed to be in second grade, and I was in fourth grade. But because I was short, I got cast as Ramona Quimby, as a second grader in that play. And for the first time, I realized that those words of others about my shortcomings, Pun intended, would not prevent me from doing something important. That the words that others said about me or the perceived deficiencies that I thought that I had was not all that there was. Isn't that what we all want? We all want to know that no matter what we think about ourselves, no matter the words that others say to put us down, that we can do something important with our lives and that we can make a difference. Our story today The story of Zacchaeus, I mentioned, might be familiar to a lot of us. Familiar because of the song that many of us have sung throughout history of growing up in church and Sunday school and vacation Bible school and children's choir that goes something like, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see. But the Savior passed that way and looked up in that tree and said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, but a happy man was he, for he had seen the Lord that day, and a happy man was he. We know this story, and we know this song, and they seem to be, on the surface level, very simple. Simple story. Happy Zacchaeus. But like so many scriptures, when we dig in a little deeper, it's not always quite as simple. Because Zacchaeus in this story was not a simple man. And while we hear this song and think how happy it is, how joyous, how simple of wee little man Zacchaeus, happy Zacchaeus, interacting with Jesus, the Lord, the Savior that he saw, People who were witnessing this and people who were receiving this story would not have thought it was quite that simple. The story begins as part of Jesus' going around and traveling. He is teaching and preaching and changing lives. In Luke's gospel in particular, he's healing a lot of people. And so our scripture begins telling us that he was passing through Jericho. And Jesus at this point is on his way to Jerusalem to that fateful time we know where he entered Jerusalem on the back of a donkey and it led to his execution there. So Jesus is traveling through Jericho and there he meets a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and was wealthy, scripture tells us. Now, Zacchaeus, is this chief tax collector, would have been in charge of a lot of people in this region collecting taxes for the Roman government, and he would have had people that worked for him to collect taxes from the Jewish people, his people, but the tax collectors had a lot of power, and when they said you had to pay something, you had to pay it, And so most of the time, in order to make more money, the tax collectors would ask for more than was required by the government so that they could pocket some of the money. That's why tax collectors in scripture were viewed as not great people. Because they were crooks, they were thieves. They were taking from people who were hard earners and they were pocketing the money for themselves. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, meaning that he was in charge of all of this that was going on, and he would have been reviled and hated by the Jewish people who viewed him as a tool of the oppressive government and, again, as a thief. But this thief Zacchaeus, this hated and reviled man, realized that there was something that was missing, perhaps. Or perhaps he was just curious about this man named Jesus that he had heard grumblings about around the area. And so he hears that Jesus, that this rabbi, who has been healing people and preaching this gospel and changing all these lives, is gonna be traveling through town. And he wants to get a look. He just wants to see. And he can't, because he, like me, has a short people problem. And so he goes and he climbs up in a sycamore fig tree. Those trees had branches that would go all the way down to the ground, so they were really easy to climb. And he climbs up in this tree just to get a glimpse, to see what's going on. But little did he know that Jesus would see him. Jesus, this rabbi, this one that is traveling, this one that everybody has come to see, sees Zacchaeus up in that tree. And he calls out to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. This word must there that Jesus says has this connotation in Greek of a a need, of a commandment. He must do this. He has been commanded by, by the essence of his being, to go and stay at Zacchaeus' house. I must stay at your house today, Jesus said. So Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. But all of the people saw this, and they began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Again, tax collectors were reviled and hated, why this man? Maybe they were jealous that Jesus picked Zacchaeus to go and to stay with. Maybe they were astounded because normally people didn't just invite themselves over to others' homes. Hospitality was a huge deal. It was a huge deal in ancient Israel And in in that area at the time, people would often leave the doors of their homes open for people to come in and for travelers to take a load off. It was normal for people to welcome strangers. That was something that you were supposed to do as a person of the Jewish faith. You were supposed to have a home that was open and welcoming. But you weren't supposed to invite yourself to someone else's home unannounced. Unannounced like Jesus does. But Jesus did that because he wanted to be with Zacchaeus. He didn't just want to have a periphery relationship with Zacchaeus. He wanted to get to know him, to have a relationship with him. And here's why. Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. You see, Zacchaeus defends himself against those onlookers, against their accusations that he's a sinner and that he's a thief, and he says, look, look, look. I'm gonna do good, I promise. He may have heard those grumblings from these folks before. He knows what his reputation is. He knows what people think about his job. There are many jobs that people have, and they know what people say about people in those jobs. (laughs) I have a friend who works as an IRS agent. She says, people really don't like to talk to me at parties. Right? Zacchaeus knew what people were saying, and so he goes to defend himself, but Jesus beats him to it. And you notice that when Jesus says that I have come, salvation has come, to your house, Zacchaeus, He doesn't say it's because of what you just said. It's because you just said you're going to give everything to the poor. Jesus doesn't say it's because of that. He said it is because this man is a son of Abraham. And because the son of man has come to seek and save the lost. In other words, Zacchaeus is a child of God. Zacchaeus is a child of God. And salvation has come to his house, not because of what he has done, but because of whose he is. A child of God. As we hear this story, I imagine many of us maybe thinking about that wee little man. (laughs) That wee little man who was just happy because he had seen the Lord. But Zacchaeus doesn't just see Jesus. Jesus sees Zacchaeus and brings him into relationship. Not because of what he's done, but because of who he is. Jesus has given him an identity that is separate from whatever words someone might say about him. An identity that is separate from whatever he might think about himself. And an identity that is rooted not in anything that he does, but it is rooted in who he is. And because of that, because of that identity that is given to him by Jesus, He is able to know, like I did all those many years ago, that he can do something important. That he can be a part of something important. That's what happens when we seek Jesus. And we don't have to get it all right in order for God to meet us halfway. I imagine there are a lot of people sitting in metaphorical sycamore trees, wondering if their lives, if their pasts, if the words that people have said about them keep them at a distance from Jesus they just want a glimpse. A glimpse of hope. A glimpse of an identity that is not based on their faults and their failures but an identity based on the grace of God. And that's what we find in this story. This reassurance that No matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter what's been done to us, no matter the words said about us, no matter the words we say to ourselves, that if we are claimed, and we are claimed, as children of God, that we can do something important. That God has a role for us to play for all those other folks sitting in sycamore trees. All those other folks wanting to know that they are loved and they are cherished, and that this world of seeming hopelessness is not all that there is, that there is something more. At a previous church that I served, we went through a process trying to figure out what discipleship looked like at our church. And as part of that process, we decided, well, if we're going to talk about discipleship, we have to talk about what exactly a disciple is. (laughs) And you can imagine that there were lots of different opinions. (laughs) Because while a disciple is one who follows Jesus, a disciple is one who follows, so to be Jesus' disciple, you're following Jesus. How much following is required before you get that title? (laughs) And at the end of the day, what we as a collective came up with was that even people who seek Jesus, who want to see Jesus, who want to know the love of God, if they're seeking, then they can be a disciple because Jesus meets them and fills in that gap. Jesus meets them where they are, because the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus wasn't the only misfit that sought after Jesus, and he was certainly not the only misfit that Jesus sought out. In Jesus' 12 apostles, his 12 followers that were closest to him, that he trained and that traveled around with him, you had another tax collector, another one of those that was one of the crooks, and then on the other hand, you had a zealot who was completely against the government and was a revolutionary. They were sworn enemies, and they were both disciples because Jesus made them so. They were not defined by who they were or what they had done or what had been said about them or what they had said about themselves. They were defined by the grace of God. And in that grace of God, they could do something important. And so can we. So can we. There's a lot of folks sitting in sycamore trees. You may find yourself sitting in sycamore trees someday. But that's where Jesus makes his home in looking up at each and every one of us when we are seeking, when we are lost, when we are struggling to know that we're children of God. And Jesus says, I'm coming into your house, I'm coming into your life, I'm coming into your heart. You'll never be the same. Because with me, in my grace, you can do something important. You can serve. Because you're mine. Let us pray. God, I pray that for each and every person here today that we may know the power of your love the power of your grace that calls us your children when we feel lost. I pray, God, that we may know that we can do something important, that we will find a place to serve you using our gifts and our graces, that we can find meaning, that we can find hope, and that we can find life anew in you, our Savior. Amen. At the end of every service of worship, we invite those who wish to be a part of our family of faith to commit themselves to being a part of this community. We seek to be a community where all can find their place to serve. We have out in the hallway today a Connect Fair with lots of information about ways to get involved, ways to use your gifts and your graces to do something important, to serve the ministries of our church. We know that as a church, we don't always get everything right because we're made up of humans, but we seek to live into the grace of God in powerful ways, and we want you to be a part of that with us. So as we sing this final song, if you would like to become a formal part of our church and you're worshiping in person, we invite you to come forward. If you're worshiping with us online and you would like to be a formal part of our family of faith, we invite you to let us know as well. Will you stand as you are able as we join in song? to the world, go forth knowing that you are a child of God and that you have something important to do with your life, that you can do something important to make a difference in the lives of others. And now receive this benediction. May the love of God go with you wherever you go so that those who do not know the love of God can find in you and in God a generous and precious friend. Go in peace, have a great week, and tell someone about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church.